Hey, Jason Rice here with Lot Party. And again, I'm excited to have Ricky Walter here, used car Ricky. Uh, what we're going to do, we over the last few weeks, we've been dipping into uh, some of the internet process. As we tweak our inventory, as we get more efficient with our inventory, we're driving more leads. Now what? You know, we might not be getting the sales that we expected because our internet processes are falling apart. So a few episodes ago, I talked about the basic internet departments. The next episode, I talk about a deeper dive with Three Birds Marketing and what we could do to drive more traffic, not do it just uh, new leads, but even our current clientele base. Then I dug into the front and back end of the internet processes and the difference between sold and delivered and why that's important to track. Now I want to talk to Ricky because he just started over at a, at a store to get the internet department going. I've been in those shoes, but you know I want to take it from an expert that's in the trenches right now to you know what areas do we focus on? How can we? What certain areas can we start pushing to see improvements? And then where do we go next? So without further ado, Ricky, if you can, introduce yourself to the crowd here, maybe the two people that watch it, but uh, introduce yourself, <laughs> maybe your background, how things are going. Well, thanks for having me on first. And, um, you know, um, I've been, my name is Ricky Walter. I'm at uh, Mercedes-Benz of Georgetown currently. Um, I've been in the car business for about 12 years, and I started out in sales, um, went to an internet department. Uh, I've worked in uh, mostly import stores, Nissan, Honda, and Toyota. I've uh, been all the way up the food chain to um, sales manager, finance manager, um, and back down. So, you know, I, I've had a, I've had a good run. And uh, a few years ago, I started doing some consulting, and wasn't really planning on getting back into the car business uh, in retail. But uh, I landed at a store that was that was fantastic. The people were amazing, and I uh, made the jump and and just decided to keep working with people. So. Uh, mostly my focus now is um, looking at internet departments and see what we can uh, change and, and do better and uh, focus on so that we get uh, a higher ROI on the leads that are coming in yeah. uh, and lower the cost per sale. So, Okay. okay. So, again, I kind of I started out. When you first go into, and I know you've done in consulting and now at the store, if you're just to kind of go into, uh, blindly into a store that needed some internet help, where do you start? Their website, their CRM, you know, both. But wh what do you think is the key, the initial, if anybody's struggling right now and feel like they need to turn things around, where would you attack? Um, you know, my, my philosophy about the Internet and Internet departments is about uh, information and communication. So when I, when I really look at the stores doing and not doing, I really look at mapping. Uh, okay. Mapping from the DMS all the way up uh, through the process into the showroom and back down again. So, uh, you know, the internet to me is information that is delivered relevant to the to the user at the speed of light. And I approach the 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 internet department the same way. So I want to make sure that you know the DMS is talking to the to the website and the website is uh, sending the correct information and being syndicated to all the third party um, vendor sites. Okay. And then I look at I look at um, uh, how the CRM is interacting with those as well in terms of parsing leads, uh, in terms of how the, the, the CRM communicates uh, with, with the consumer and how that information uh, gets, gets transported and, and gets logged and makes a, makes a record of it so that I can see you know, what my engagement is and uh, what my conversion is over a longer period of time. Okay. So. So kind of building that virtual dealership from the ground up, that's the foundation of your virtual dealership is just making sure all the pipes are connected and there's no leaks, right? So Absolutely. So let's just say that's all lined up. Now where do you go? What do you attack on that from there? 
uh, from from the mapping standpoint? Yeah, let's just say everything's running smoothly. Now, you know, maybe they don't feel like they're getting enough traffic or they're closing enough deals or both. You know, again, is it, you know, a process? Is it website? Is it vendors? You know, lead providers? What's what's the next round of attack, you think? Yeah, so, um, you know, you can't really get an ROI until you have um, a good process in place. And based on that process, you'll know, you know, how much you should be converting, how long the, the life cycle is for uh, each lead from different vendors. And so once, I, once I've mapped it all out and I've got it all working the way I want it to and, and all the information is flowing to the right places, uh, what I like to do is then start working on internet processes with the sales team and really get them in tune with um, how uh, the lead comes in, what we're supposed to do, how we're going to do it, um, how we're going to communicate with customers, what kind of information we're going to give them. And the reason I do that is because if I start pumping up the, the SEM and the PPC and, and SEO and all that other stuff, I'm going to get a bunch of leads that I'm not going to be able to reply to correctly. Yeah. which is going to cost me money. Yeah. So I start with the mapping of, from the DMS through, up through the process. Then I start. Then I move to the training aspect of it of how we're going to manage the information as it comes in and as it's going out. Once I get that in place, um, which you know you got to have the right people to do that. Once I get that in place, then I'll start looking at what I want to do with my third party. Uh, vendors, what I want to do with my syndication, what I want to do with my pricing, what I want to do with my PPC and SEM um, display ads, you know, all the all the other stuff. That that stuff tends to come last yeah. because until I have the first two, I'm really spending a lot of money, doing a lot of things, and then getting frustrated at yeah. why I don't see results. Yeah. And the biggest reason that most people don't see results is because the, 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 either the mapping is incorrect or the process isn't isn't developed to a point where uh, you can you can really gauge the ROI on what you're spending. Yeah, and that's why I covered in that first episode just the foundation because so many dealers, oh, I, we got to get on Facebook, oh, we got to get on social media, we got to get this done, and they don't even have the foundation built yet of just a process because you know, and I think that's where the big struggle is a lot that the 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 new shiny tool or the new shiny marketing uh, angle we go after without having that solid foundation now. I'm going to bring this up, and this interview isn't about me, but I want to talk about maybe it brings in a debate. What do you prefer as far as salespeople handling leads, BDC, Internet people? My choice is, um, now I understand to, at this, everybody on your showroom floor should be Internet savvy and have the ability to handle Internet leads. But the way I talk to stores is I think we, let's say you have uh, 10, 10 salespeople You've maybe got two or three that you really can trust that answer the phone correctly. You probably got three or four that have great product knowledge. You have another three or four that maybe can handle appraisals a lot better. But you, only, you know, you might have three or four that you can only you know handle email communications or sit behind a computer most of the day making phone calls over and over. And so to spread it all out becomes, I think, becomes a juggling act. I don't like that. I like it so much to have. And I mean, this is the way I was raised in the car business handling leads: is we get the lead, we call, we email, schedule appointment, we sell the car. My preference even further would have them handle an F&I and go on the whole gamut. But, um, and maybe at some point in time, my whole floor is at that ability. But if not, I, you know, I'm going to have three, four, whatever amount of leads. If I, I figure 80, 80 to 120, depending on your processes, leads and have them call an email, schedule, appointment, get it in. Now, most guys will say less than 100, but I'll, and again, we'll, that's a different conversation. But what do you feel like should be done at a store? Who should handle it? What's the level of amount of leads? Um, you know, 
I think that if you have a good process and you have the right people handling it, I don't really know if it has, I don't know if you're going to see a big difference in, in the return on investment. Okay. Uh, I've seen great VDC departments, I've seen great mm -hmm. internet departments, I've seen great um, uh, sales floors that handle the lead when, from the time it comes in all the way through to mm -hmm. finance and delivery. I've seen mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, the number one Honda store in this market here is doing exactly that. Yeah. It's uh, First Texas Honda right down the road. And they have, they have an amazing process. They have a great um, word track system that they use. They have great salespeople um, that are following their processes. And so I don't know if, if one is better than the other. I've seen mm -hmm. them all work. Yep. Uh, for me personally, um, I think that, you know, I've got a good process and as long as I'm training on that process and developing the people and I'm managing the process and developing the people, mm -hmm. I can always count on a couple of things, which is I'll, I'll know at the end of the month, actually I'll know at the beginning of the month uh, how many sales I'll have based on how many, how many uh, tasks I'm, I'm set up for for the month, how many um, uh, salespeople I have, how productive are they, mm -hmm. you know, when I crunch all those, I run numbers all day long, so when I crunch those numbers, I can project uh, with a pretty good degree of accuracy of what my return is going to be, and then, you know, I can start adding little things to the mix, like, you know, add another vendor, or add a PPC campaign, or yeah. add a social campaign, and I'll be able to tell if those things are working, because I've got my process in place, I've got my people in place, and they know what to do when the lead comes in, so. So right now at your store, is everybody handling internet leads? Um, no, they're not, um, okay. and that was only because that's how it was set up when I got okay. here. Now, my I think my goal would be to have an internet showroom floor mm -hmm. uh, where everybody can handle a lead and everybody knows how to, um, you know, follow that process. As we have it right now, it is split up between an internet department and a sales floor department, and um, it, it's working for the time being. But I've only been here a month, so uh, we'll see how it goes from there. Now. How many leads does each internet person handle? What do you think that that cap is? Um, I think I think each internet person can effectively. Now, here's the thing: effectively yeah. and productively uh, follow up with a lead with intention. Yep. I think that an average of about seventy-five to a hundred, yeah. it starts to kind of cap out at about a hundred leads a month. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have the non-responsive customers. You're going to have the ones that are really engaged. You're going to have the ones that are kind of back and forth. Um, and so, as a whole, I'm 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 really kind of I keep try to keep it in that sweet spot of 75 to 100. Yeah. And I and I mentioned 120 because I'm. And again, I'm going back to and I got to defend myself. So a lot of people would sound think I'm I'm sounding stupid. It, uh, I go into a lot of automation. I, I uh, and again I. I over eight years running in I've had time tested internet templates that I seem like work effectively so I know at day seven I want to send this email which is short personal email those templates are great and the systems can plug in the name and the car and everything like that and I, I a lot of times will just have that automatically sent out seven day ten day fourteen those type of emails just going out to allow my person to, to hit the phones harder. I'd rather them pound the phones than pull up a lead grab a template hit send pull up a lead grab a and now 
a, a perfect world, I want them to grind and, and, like you said, work the lead effectively, type out the emails more exactly where the customer is. And But if you get a good process in place, a guy's an Internet person should be plugging in those type of emails in between the automations. And that's where I think if you do a little bit of automation, you can push on a good person up a little bit higher. Do you like automation? Do you, want to, do you run from it? Do you like more of that personal touch on everything? Or is there a little bit of mixture at your store? Uh, I, you know, there, there's a lot of brain damage when it comes to internet processes yeah, and, and following up with 120 customers or 100 yeah. customers or 75 customers yeah. a month where, you know, 50% of them are non-responsive. There's a lot of brain damage there. And, and you know, my job is to make the most efficient use of their time. And the best way that I've found to do that was to set up uh, lifecycle marketing workflows where mm -hmm. if the customer is re engaged, we have, we have a certain workflow that we follow. Yeah. If the customer is not engaged, if they're non-responsive, we have a different workflow. Sure. And one is designed to create an appointment and get them to the store. One is designed to get them to engage, re-engage with the store once they've already you know, sent in a request for, for uh, information on a vehicle, whether it's price or options or whatever. So mm -hmm. you know, I have a couple of different um, uh, life cycles that I use. Uh, for these guys and it really takes a lot of it does a lot of the heavy lifting for them yep. uh, so that they don't have to spend a lot of time sending you know a hundred emails to 50 of last month's customers that never replied yep. 50 of this month's customers that have never replied and uh, you know it just it just really takes a lot of the the brain damage out of out of their day and it and it helps them kind of um, it helps them feel more like the the work that they are doing uh, is is there's value there because they see that return on investment when they're when they're engaged with other customers and not spending their entire day writing emails. Well, one so. of the things I'm surprised with that uh, the dealers that I run into, but again, you know, most of them are struggling dealers that need help on it. Is they typically have the CRM process set up, and that's mostly it, other than sold and floor follow up processes, and they don't have a trading process, a credit app process, a no phone process. I mean, how many different yeah. other than you know again engaged or not engaged type processes I mean do you guys have those the trades F&I uh, things like that um, and then who handles that does that load get handled we used to get a lot of subprimes my internet people handle but we got so many we end up having to give it to the subprime department because we just can't handle them do you guys do any kind of movements like that on those type of leads we do um, you know we have um, we have an acronym that we use here and it's, it's uh, ACES and it stands for uh, autonomous communication engagement and salesmanship yeah. So they use that format uh, when they're engaging with a customer or not engaging with a customer to uh, be able to drive the customer to the store. Uh, we do have a trade-in process. We do have a credit app process. We do have a, a sold um, uh, going into F&I process that we use. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a be-back process. If a customer comes to the store and we work a deal, but for, for whatever reason, um, uh, they leave and are, are leaving in their vehicle and not ours, um, you know, we have we have uh, about five days to re-engage them and figure out where where did we miss the boat or yeah. did we miss the boat or or were they were their expectations not met somewhere along the line. So we have that workflow, which is a five-day process, and then I have another uh, final process, which is the customer said we're out, we appreciate your business or we appreciate the time that you spent with us, whatever, and the the salesperson actually no sales the lead. I have another workflow that I personally 
uh, used to re-engage the customers. And it's basically uh, an email that says, hey, where did, where did we fail? At some mm-hmm. point we missed uh, something and we failed to deliver a great car buying experience. And the reason I know that is because, um, hang on a second. Love it, see live, working deals. Hang on. Yep. Come on in. Oh, it's locked, hang on. Yeah. See, this is what's cool about the show. He's in the trenches working deals right now. <laughs> so a couple things that I want to bring up while he's on hold here is, you know, I want to talk about social and what they do there. And I also, you know, want to talk about video and do they incorporate any of that when he comes back? Because I think, you know, those are other things that dealers are starting to, and obviously a lot of them have done it for a while, but starting to dip their toes in, um, you know, and there's a lot of debate on should we allow our salespeople to promote socially and what do they put out there on their social or do they have access just to the dealer social and uh so you know those i think are hot topics for dealers so you know when he gets back we want to dig into those things and but keep in mind you know like he's talking there um, about processes um i think it's real important to make sure you know you do have a trade-in process any type of lead you have come in that might be different trade-in process um finance apps to maybe even no phones. I do, I'm big on having a no phone process again where I, I set up an email schedule and it's the same follow-up process that we might have for any other lead but that process guts out the calls so the only thing left is emails and if you automate those again because once you send them an in-stock email and the phone is disconnected or don't have a phone number you're just going to try to email and follow up so I'm big on just kind of good email templates that get pushed out to the customer for 60-90 days and then that allows uh, that, and then we do task in between there to have the spot check every three, five, seven days to spot check on the lead and maybe do a custom email about new incentives or something or the car sold, here's something similar. But, and not a set it, forget it, but we push it over there and it's not dragging down all these tasks in their organizer to make these calls that they just have to clear out anyways. So that's another process that I find that a lot of dealers don't take advantage of is set up these processes and uh, like no phone and push not the system email them and don't assign phone calls to it so ricky you're back working that deal all right all right so one of the things i want to talk about is let's talk about video do you guys implement any kind of video do you guys do youtube do you do any kind of those um software that they introduce themselves and send it to the customer co-video and things like that do you guys implement video at your store i think you're muted you're muted can we hear you? Did I lose you? Oh, there you are. You're back. All right. You're back. You there? Yep. You heard the question, though, right? Yes, yes. Okay, okay so um, at this point, I've spent the last 30 days just getting to, you know, the training portion. Sure. Did the mapping. Now we're working on process. At some point, I'm re- I really am a fan of the introduction videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of video in general. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows that, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of video. I think it really translates a lot of things that an email or a phone call can't. Yeah. Um, and so at some point we will be implementing that. Uh, I just got them. They, they, they didn't think that it was, it was um, uh, coach. Um, they just didn't uh, send text messages. Hmm. And um, I, I, I told him, look, text messaging is, is by far the highest 
way to convert a customer because in today's world, we are a 140 character society and we're trying to get stuff done. Um, not everybody has the time to, especially with younger customers. You know, if it's a C-class, an entry level uh, vehicle, um, and, and, and it's a younger person and you can tell by talking to them on the phone or you can tell by, you know, where they live or, or what their uh, what their occupation is, you know, send them a text message because it's, it's definitely it's definitely a higher converting medium. Yeah. And if they don't want you to send a text message, they'll tell you. Now, so we want a little bit 20 minutes recording on my camera, but we're going to extend this out. I think we're having fun. We can go as long as you want to go. But all right. So texting, it, that's 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 awesome. Does it text integrate with your CRM? Because there's some that do some that don't. Uh, is it integrating with your CRM so you can see that follow-up within there, or is it just something that they're able to do outside of it and you just kind of assume It doesn't, but okay. we found a way to work around it. Okay. Um, so the CRM that we're using uh, won't do it, but if we use an, an iPad because they have a mobile version of the uh, CRM, it does. We, can, we, we figured out a, a little workaround so that it would. So um, it worked out pretty good, and, and actually one of the one of the team members is – is the one that figured it out, so I can't take credit. I'd love to take credit for it, but I yeah. can't. So good job, Denver. Yeah, and that's the um, you know that's the cool part about car people. They f- usually figure out the, around that problem, any of those problems. So oh, they'll, they'll figure they'll it out, figure right? Out. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to bring up, oh, social. Okay. Um, how big are you guys socially as a dealership? And then another big debate is: Do you let your sa- staff be social and promote on their personal pages? and mix business with pleasure type thing because there's that lot of that you know legal stuff and, and, and risk that dealers take on that. Where do you guys stand with that so far with the dealership? Um, me personally, I think that if, if someone is seriously interested in promoting themselves and creating a brand, I, I believe in it 100%. I believe that it, can't, it can only help um, the, the store and it can only help uh, increase the, the uh, number of of deals that you can that you can get, as well as the the brand loyalty uh, to the salesperson and the store. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all, do I do I allow um, salespeople to post things on the, the the Facebook page of the store? No. Yeah. Uh, that is that is actually monitored very closely by uh, the people that are in charge of. Of managing that information and okay. at a corporate in a corporate setting like this like where mm-hmm. I am um, it, it's very controlled and yeah. for a good reason I mean oh, yeah. you, you certainly wouldn't want a disgruntled employee to go off and start you know posting just you know crazy stuff and I've seen it happen I've yeah. seen some really bad things happen uh, over the last you know years that, that social has really grown um, you know some GMs don't even know that that there's somebody else posting a, on on their page because they don't know how to turn off the the uh, the filter, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> things like that. Or they're so, liking things uh, we and don't know that it's showing up underneath the. What's that? Or they're liking things and not knowing that it's showing up on, or they're sharing things not knowing that they're logged into the dealership's what and it's sharing it on theirs instead of the person. I've seen that happen yeah. too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what? Anything that we've covered? or haven't covered that you think is real important if a dealership's kind of struggling right now with internet, what, what other areas you think would be important to cover that I might not have brought up? Maybe. The biggest problem that I see with um, internet departments is a, a lack of process and a lack of leadership. Mm-hmm. You have to have a process and you have to have leadership that believes in that process because Salespeople will only believe in a process as much as you do, and as much as you you believe that it can 
uh, impact uh, sales. Yeah. And so the biggest problem I find is that um, internet departments are just kind of doing the same thing that they do on the floor, but via email. Yeah. And that's a huge, a huge disservice to the end user, the dealership, uh, the salespeople that are using that type of process. But when you have when you have good leadership and you have a good process, um, the best part about that is is that I can take just about anyone who has never sold cars, teach them a great process, teach them how to use it, and as and 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 then develop them into salespeople along the way. Yeah. And to me, that's probably the biggest hurdle for internet departments is that they're they're basically just taking their showroom process and they're sending it out via email yeah. you know <laughs> when can you be at the store yeah. uh you know I'd, I'd, I'd love to give you a price but i'd love to have you here at the store or yeah. you know i i don't know what your trade looks like so you need to bring it here i mean best price you know, is in a world of, what's that i said the best price is when you get in the door here right that's kind of thing. yeah yeah i i just you know i i uh, it's almost offensive you know it's 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 uh it's it's just an antiquated system and yeah. so you know, I think the biggest thing that people can do is find a great process, find a good leader to, to manage that process and to have some confidence so that when when you have somebody who's questioning in it, you, you have the ability to lead them in the right direction. Yeah. And I even think just having a good process, like you said, you can get a good salesperson and then start training them and tweaking them and getting them better at what they're doing. Same with process. Just get something there. Get something in manager and monitor and then let it grow and then start tweaking it and moving it the way you know the customers are reacting to it and you can do the same for both they got to look at that process as a salesperson that matures and that gets better and then we can start different angles and, and use it in different ways but a lot of them just kind of keep them the same old same old and don't even change anything within it other than well, let's cancel that provider and try a new provider and see if our numbers make a difference yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it just blows me away it blows me away it's like you know let's look at our our, our roi and we sold two cars on 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 this vendor and we made eight thousand dollars we sold five cars on this vendor and we didn't sell any on this one uh, but the five cars that we sold we only made five hundred dollars so yeah. let's cancel that vendor and use the one that we made eight grand on i mean it's you know it, it, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it but it makes sense to them all so. right so maybe at this store you're not at this point yet because you're month in um i tend to like to have give uh, lead providers and current stuff two or three months of trackable good data before I pull the trigger on anything um, but if you're to, if you had a let's just say a 10 grand budget 15 grand budget on your internet department where would you spend a bulk of that money where would your where'd your first dollars go to and what percent let's say you got 10 grand you know what percentage would go SEO SEM you know versus you know um, third-party lead providers versus classified sites like auto trader cars what, what, what kind of budget do you tend to angle and where do you like the majority of it going to um, the sweet spot for me has been 80 20 80 percent uh, PPC and SEM retargeting and 20 percent on third-party lead mm -hmm. um, I believe in driving traffic to my website and not to other people's websites because I can retarget them, which raises the value of my website, not theirs. Yeah. So I do think that there is a place for a third-party vendor, depending on who it is and, and, and what my market looks like. Um, however, I, I believe in homegrown um, uh, customers who are loyal to me and the brand. And I think if I own them up front instead of later down the road, 
I'll have I'll have a, a lower cost per sale, lower cost per lead, a better ROI, I'll have better engagement, I'll have all the things that I think I'm getting with all these other vendors. Plus, they won't get retargeted on <laughs> on their site, yeah. on somebody else's site, to somebody else's page, um, and I can control it. Okay, so then let's back up there when we talk about third party, because some stores and some of these providers consider themselves a classified and not a third party um, you know, lead aggregator or more of a classified. And I'm, I'm talking about like, a, uh, like an auto trader in cars.com. I know they consider themselves and some stores consider them. Well, that's classified. That's more like store advertising. Third parties like Auto by Tell and True Car. What, do you differentiate the two? You know, when you said 80 and 20, this 20% including like the auto listing sites versus a True Car or an Auto by Tells or things like that. I think a third-party lead is a third-party lead is a third-party lead. To me, it doesn't, you know, if they're not going, if I'm not driving them to my site, and I'm driving them to somewhere else, um, I, I lose control over over the uh, over the the content number one and the conversion number two. Um, so to me, whether it's whether it's a lead provider or a listing or, you know, all I'm doing is promoting their website and not promoting mine. So every dollar that I spend promoting their website. I could be using to promote mine, and I could actually own the information and own the data and retarget them back to my site, yeah. uh, which just makes the most economic sense to me. And so, um, I, if it were up to me, and, and if I could make the decision, I would crack every lead provider out there, um, <laughs> and just just spend the money on on social PPC and stuff that I can control and that I own, yeah. versus uh, listing sites or third-party lead providers. Um, but it's not up to me, so yeah. I, I deal with uh, you know the, the leeway that I've been given, and, and it seems to be working. Yeah. So a little bit of a recap: uh, where you would start is kind of the plumbing. You want to make sure all the all the DMSs, CRMs, websites are feeding and, and the funneling accurately. Uh, you want to make sure then you have a good process in place. And regardless of you know again, like you said, there's successful BDCs, internet only salespeople, but figure out that core and then either you know manage it. And then start tweaking it the way you know your customers or the departments reacting. Um, when we talk about video, you're supportive and want to do it. You're just at a younger stage right now at the turnaround process that you don't implement it yet, and that's a good lesson to learn. Because again, if you're if you're struggling, don't just be jumping out there at everything that, that's out there available to you. Start fine tuning your processes and your plumbing, and then make sure and then go from there. Socially, you're okay. Don't let people into your Dealerships, Facebook, let them promote themselves internally with some monitoring and control um, and let them, you know, be able to drive business. I think you're, you're successful at that. Mike Davenport, a guy like that, successful at that. Um, and that obviously benefits the dealership. So you wouldn't want to, I think, handicap those type of people out there. And then 80-20 um, when it comes to budget, SEO, SEM, driving yourself, 20% third party. Um, again, is there, as we wrap up here, is there one tip you give a dealer to say, hey, if you're going to do anything of all this stuff, be doing this? Uh, I would say um, find a good process and find a good leader that can manage that process and develop your people. That would be the, the, the core of it. All right, so to wrap it up, how'd you get Used Car Ricky as your nickname? What's that? How'd you get Used Car Ricky as your nickname, as your handle? Uh, do you, okay, so there... <laughs> It's, it's funny. I was um, actually listening to the radio, and there is uh, in Austin, where I where I live, there was a guy that was pretty famous on the radio. His name was Softball Ricky, 
and I was trying to come up with something that kind of rolled off the tongue and I was selling used cars at the time and you know just used car Ricky sounded like something that would, would be fun to say and there was always there was always you know this the car guy or this your used car guy and I needed something that really had something that that, that really stuck and when when I said it out loud used car Ricky just it just stuck and then it just kind of grew from there and and honestly to be honest with you Used Car Ricky started out as a way to connect with customers, but it wasn't as good as it did connecting with industry people. Sure. It's... Um, I, had, I had more industry people connect with me uh, <laughs> when they saw videos of, of stuff that I'd done, and it would it went the opposite way of what I thought it was going to do. So, you <laughs> so know, it is what it is. I mean, I love the video, that song you did. What's the name of that video, or if anybody wanted to find that video or the song? Um... Yeah, Ride Dirty Twitter song. Yeah, that's awesome song. Yeah. So what's your handles out there if people want to find you on Twitter, Facebook, all that? On Twitter, on everything. Everything is Used Car Ricky. It's, right. you know, just like it sounds, Used Car Ricky. And, I mean, you Google it and you'll find everything yeah. I've ever done, kind of which like... may be a detriment to me. I don't know. <laughs> and then you got the uh, uh, Automotive Revolution or Welcome to Revolution. I like those videos. Those are real well put together graphically and everything, too. Those are cool videos. Um, but Thank again, you. I appreciate your time. Check out Ricky. Thanks for watching this episode of Lot Party. Hope you got a lot of information. It was a long show, but, man, we dumped a lot at you. Ricky did an awesome job. Give you some information to help you get your Internet department turned around. See you next episode. Thanks.